We are. We are. We are cultivate. 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 We are cultivate. Hello and welcome to Yield Crime, where we discuss the funny, strange, and obscure crimes of yesteryear. I'm your host, Lindsay Valenti, and with me is my sister and co-host, Maddie Stangle. Hello. Hi. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Huh. We're both very tired. Very tired. The spoopy Friday the 13th kicked our butts, I think. Yeah. So rather than just kind of beating around the bush, I'm just going to dive right into it. The story, not a bush, because that's weird. That's good. That's good. I feel like a bush would be hard on your skin. Yeah. It just... Difficult in the end. Shred like a delicate piece of tissue paper. Yep. Yep. So this week, I thought I would kind of go with the spoopy theme. I'm going to be sharing Mm -hmm. three stories about lingering ladies so ghost stories Ooh, ghost ladies Mm -hmm. are they all different shades of white some are even green Mm, i like that is green is the the material they were working with before they did (laughs) you know i don't remember (laughs) so we'll discover it together we'll find out (laughs) let's go on a journey (laughs) Information was pulled from the following sources, a 2020 Paris Unlocked article by Courtney Traub, 2020 Wilderness Ireland article by Don Rainbolt, 2019 Max Gax blog post, 2018 The Culture Trip article by Deborah Chu, 2016 History Scotland article, 2016 The Scotsman article, 2016 The Spooky Isles article by Gregor Stewart, 2015 Scott Clans blog post by Amanda Moffat, an article by Mainshin Seal. Uh, I apologize, I didn't translate that. An Ask About Ireland article, Chase Caravan Park article, Great Castles article, Hidden Scotland article by Graeme Johncock, Le Chateau de la Loire, sure. National Trust for Scotland, mm-hmm. Scott Clans, and mm-hmm. three Wikipedia links. Nice. So I think you can kind of guess what three places we're going to. Yeah, Ireland, Scotland, and France. Yep. Nice. You know your geography. Good job. Context clues. <laughs> I can I can utilize context clues. <laughs> you pass. You pass English class. <laughs> and thank God. Links to all of these articles will be included in the show notes. Got something you want to say? Shoot us an email over at yieldcrimepodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear your story ideas, see any gifts you send our way, or if you just want to say hello. We're pretty friendly. Speaking of friendly, if you'd like to have real-time conversations with us, consider joining our Discord over at the Cultivate Network. You can chat with us over at the Old Crimers Cubby, or catch up with any of the other great creators that are part of the Cultivate family of podcasts. Just click the link in our show notes, or over on our link tree to get started today. Mm-hmm. 
2016 was a good year for these articles, by the way. Apparently, that was the year to be writing about lingering ladies. Lingering ladies, yeah. He liked that alliteration. 2K16. (laughs) 2K16, the year of the lingering lady. It's not uncommon to hear stories about ladies who linger long after death. Think green ladies, bloody baronesses, and mournful ladies in white. And today I'll be sharing three tales of women who, whether by design or a twist of fate, found themselves lingering long after death's warm embrace. And then they became cold. (laughs) So very cold. Very cold. The first is that of the green lady of Carathis Castle, located near Bencari in Aberdeenshire. This 16th century castle once belonged to the Burnett family, who had been living in the area as far back as 1323, when a man named Robert the Bruce granted them land rights. Hey, that's our our ancestor. I thought it sounded familiar. I was like, why does this name sound so familiar? He's our, like, great a million times over grandpappy. Aw. What up? Rob? So, uh, you're welcome. (laughs) You're welcome, Burnett family. I think. I can't remember. (laughs) Maybe not. (laughs) The structure was completed in 1596. So that's like 200 and some odd change later. And the Burnett's lived there for the next 350 years until it was passed on to the National Trust for Scotland in 1951. Dang. Could you imagine just living in a castle, like, way after castles were, like, over? (laughs) Yeah, like, if that's the the right turn of phrase. (laughs) Like, let's kind of, let's, you know, let's just slim it down, maybe insulate a little more, you know, a little less stone, a little more insulation, maybe some wainscoting, you know. Maybe some carpet. Yeah, Berber carpet. Everybody likes a good Berber. <laughs> Berber is the worst. We have Berber. And that I shit, I fucking hate it. I know. Fucking hate Berber carpet. Berber or shag? Whoever is the baron of Berber, they need to, like, die. Go if home. They're not already dead. They need to die again. They because... need to not linger. Let's let's yeah. just say that. Yeah. They and their invention need to not linger. Choke on their own invention. Anyway... <laughs> The castle is said to be home to a few female spirits, one of which is Lady Agnes, who is one of the green ghosts. But before I share more about her, I first need to talk about Bertha de Bernard, the lesser known white lady of the castle. Ooh, so that's a that's a choice, right? Like, you mm-hmm. would think that they would all be the same color, but like, oh no. She was like, you know what, green really my color in life, so I'm really feeling like it's a different choice for me in death, you know? Uh-huh. You know, I was a spring. I was a spring <laughs> in life. <laughs> not so much in December. Mm, no, not my thing. Bertha is a young woman who fell in love with Alexander Burnett, Lady Agnes's son. Oh, that's probably another little fuck you to her mother-in-law yeah. by choosing white and so. death. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, <laughs> a bit of a, yeah, a little bit of fuck you, mom-in-law. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The couple were in the midst of wedding plans, and Bertha had her own room in the castle while arrangements were being made since her father was fighting abroad. So she lived in the castle. That's really nice. 
with her soon-to-be husband and his family. And that would make sense that she would have to be in like her own different ward. Otherwise, that would look really scandalous. Yeah, that would be Trey Scandal. Yeah, whatever yeah. you said. Trey Scandalous. I can't talk. <laughs> Unfortunately for Bertha, Lady Agnes didn't feel she was a good fit for her son. Maybe Great. because they were cousins. That's a choice. So. First cousins? We don't know. First cousins. First, first cousins. cousins? Oh, that's a choice. So yeah, yeah, her dad was gone. Her her husband-in-law or her husband's uncle was gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So one night while her son was away, Lady Agnes decided to poison Bertha at dinner. Okay. Also yeah. a choice. Yeah. You're really going to poison your niece so she doesn't be your, like, <laughs> cousin, daughter-in-law? Nightmare. I, whatever. After Alexander returned to find that his bride-to-be was dead, he knew his mother had something to do with it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, how many other people were in that castle? Probably not a terrible amount, Mm-mm. I would imagine. His suspicions were confirmed when Bertha's parents came to claim her remains for burial. As they came to take her away, Lady Agnes went deathly pale and screamed, quote, she comes, she comes, end quote, before dropping dead quite suddenly. Hmm. That's some pretty swift revenge, like just a few days. Yeah. Dang. Mm-hmm. She was like dragging you to hell with me, auntie. Yep. Rumors state that the white lady can be seen wandering between the old castle and the newer additions on the anniversary of her death, but mm. only on that one day each year. Okay. So she comes back just that one spiteful day that was supposed yeah. to be, like, pretty nice. Mm-hmm. Quiet night in. As for Lady Agnes, who is said to be one of the green ladies, legend says that Bertha's father cursed the Burnett family following his daughter's murder. And ever since, the Green Lady has been seen wandering the castle as an ill omen for those who live there. But it was like just the Burnett family, right? Like, leave the others alone. Yeah, but if she's trapped there, of course she's going to be mean. Right. And was she she turned green because she was envious? Probably. (laughs) She was spiteful. Or she had a putrid heart, so she had to be a putrid color. The most famous apparitions are those of a woman and her young child. In fact, Queen Victoria herself experienced these apparitions once when visiting the castle. She reported seeing, quote unquote, a green mist floating across the floor of one of the rooms before it swirled up into the form of a childlike specter. No, absolutely not. It promptly disappeared into the room's fireplace. No, because then you're like, oh, my God, am I breathing in a ghost child? Am I being warmed by a ghost body? Well, my immediate thought is if it's taking the form of a baby, it's just Satan. It's just the devil. It's a demon. Yeah, it's just a demon. Just being like, I'm a child. I'm a baby. (laughs) I'm just a poor little baby. 
okay, do you, do you imagine though, like with Queen Victoria, just because of where she's lived and stuff, she's probably like so used to seeing ghosts. Mm-hmm. Because how many people just like randomly died or were like heinously murdered in every place she's ever lived ever? Like totes. Everything that woman touched was like stained with blood. <laughs> so, yep. At some point. Yep. No Victorian amount of nasty cleaners could get rid of the years of bloodshed, the centuries yeah. of bloodshed. <laughs> She's probably just like, oh, another one. <laughs> yeah. To add credence to the claims of this female spirit and her daughter, the bones of a woman and child were found behind the very hearthstone that they frequently haunt during renovations that took place in the 18th century. Absolutely not. Theories have surfaced that the bones belong to a servant girl who had been impregnated by a member of the Burnett family in the mid-1600s, after which both the woman and her child were killed to preserve the family's reputation. Okay, so I'm just going to, on behalf of our grandpappy, Bruce, you know, we really regret giving you the land. If you could just not... That would be great. <laughs> yeah. Damn. Another story alleges that the Green Lady was actually one of the daughters of Burnett Laird, who, funnily enough, is the husband of Lady Agnes, the poisoner, mm-hmm. who had fallen in love with a stable boy and became pregnant. She had been able to hide her condition well enough until the child's birth, and when her father discovered what had happened... He flew into a dreadful rage, and neither his daughter or the baby were seen after that. So, like, before she killed her niece, like, just murdering children, even their own, was, like, super common to them. I guess, yeah. Gross. Yeah, we, sorry, on behalf of our grandpappy Robert the Bruce, no. (laughs) Yeah. The answer is no. Great grandpappy, why? Why? Yeah, why'd you do it? Maybe check your references next time. You know, maybe, maybe like ask around, see if he uh, hates women. I don't know. And children. Hey, right. what's with the Burnett family? Yeah. You don't want like a long line, do you? Because it kind of sounds like you don't. What's the hot goss, guys? Yeah. Like, don't you gossip on the battlefield? Like, I don't understand. The green lady is often seen either carrying a baby or a green orb. And she hmm. travels across the room before disappearing into the fireplace. Where her bones were. Do you think she was just trying to tell people, like, constantly where she was buried and, like, no one got it? I think so. She was like, hey, we're in here. Just whenever yeah. you want to do a Christian burial. Especially if it's, like, a residual haunting. Like, right. going to the place where you're your body was interred yeah i could totally see that being her being like here i am yep why don't you look for me waiting for you guys to get the message Mm -hmm. do you ever clean this do you clean the fireplace can find my bones and my baby's bones there's lots of alliteration in this episode yep there is so much alliteration Other than the green ladies and the lady in white, staff and guests alike have reported experiencing chills down their backs in warm rooms, odd noises in empty buildings, and feelings that they are not alone. Gross. 
And probably like not a comforting, you're not alone, you know? Yeah. I'm picturing it as like a creepy uncle staring at you vibe. Yeah. Or like the lady's like, have you found my bones yet? (laughs) You know where my my bones are? Right. Just waiting for you to put out that fire so you can see my bones. (laughs) Let me walk on over there and show them to you. (laughs) Next, we're going to travel outside Limerick in Ireland to Curraches Forest Park where you'll find the ruins of Curraches Manor. And even though it's now shuttered and pretty spooky, this once elegant manor sticks out from the greenery of the forest. So like super pretty house in the wilderness that like became scary and cursed and like Mm -hmm. is now like a classic Hollywood haunting house. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Love that for them. I bet the architect really loves that. Love that Mm -hmm. for him. Definitely a him, because it would have been only a man at the point. This is true. Curaches is a 774-acre forested park. Wow. It includes a variety of archaeological sites, a cairn, two enclosures, three ring forts, which are like Bronze Age fortified developments. Dang. A standing stone. So like a monolith from the mid-Bronze Age. Wow. And the 18th century home at the center of our story that was built at the site of Kura Castle. Okay. So immediately I, I think of that like Stefan thing on Saturday Live. Like this place has everything. <laughs> Monoliths. <Yep. laughs> Bronze Age cairns. <laughs> Rig forts. Right. Scary little demons. <laughs> Castle ruins that were used as the basis for a new house. (laughs) Totally not haunted. (laughs) Right. Built on bodies and bodies and bodies. (laughs) It gets better. Give me two seconds and it'll get better. The manor was built in 1657 by Vare Hunt, a descendant of the Earl of Oxford, who was an officer in Oliver Cromwell's army. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so I bet the land really loved having him there. Yeah. They were like, you know what? This does belong to you. Yeah. We're going to just let you have it. Vare was granted the land by Cromwell as one of his plantations. Great. In fact, the Hunt slash DeVere family would retain ownership of the land and property for the next 300 years Hmm. until 1957. Cool, cool, cool. The 50s were really like when... People were like, you know, maybe we shouldn't hold on to this land anymore. Maybe it's yeah. really not vogue anymore to have a castle. Yeah, we should, I wonder. Let's get it back. I wonder if it was just you know post-war at that point, and they were like, listen, this is too much land, and we can't afford it. You know, there was a war. Don't want to fix it. Let's just give it to everyone else. We'll just give it back to Ireland. It's fine. It's fine. The name of the property changed in 1833 when the owner, Aubrey Hunt, changed his surname. It was at that time that he changed the name of the property from Cora to Coraches. Okay. Aubrey married Mary Spring Rice, with whom he had eight children. Damn. One of which was famous poet Aubrey de Vere, who was born in the manor in 1814. That's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. It gets cooler. Poet that was born in a castle on like a super scary burial ground. (laughs) The home was once the inspiration for Alfred, 
Lord Tennyson's poem, Lady Clara Vere de Vere. Wow. So lots of literary background. Mm-hmm. Nice. I mean, that makes sense since it was in the middle of a nice, like, spacious forest and stuff on an island. Yeah. yeah. Fits. Tennyson claimed to have seen the figure of the ghostly Lady of the Lake during a visit to the home, which he was a frequent visitor of. Lady of the Lake. Those are all, like, scary. Mm-hmm. He stated that he saw the mystical arm of the Lady of the Lake rise above the water. Ew, was she just, like, waving? Was she like, hey? She's like, hey, guy. She's like, write something nice about me. <laughs> right? She's just, like, throwing up gang signs, and they have no concept <laughs> of, like, what she's talking about. Just, like, signing things to yeah, she's Yeah, she was hit. actually deaf, and she's trying to, like, tell them where her body is. And they're like, oh, she's just saying hi. <laughs> and really, she's like, I am trapped in the water. I am trapped <laughs> in the lake. Please retrieve my body. Like, help, help. <laughs> and they're like, oh, my God, that's so cute. Please bring me back. <laughs> Thanks. And he's like, you know what? I am inspired to write a poem. She's like, oh, my God. She's like, that's totally what I wanted. Thanks. <laughs> so a century later, during a Christmas party that was being held at the estate, a loud cry of anguish rang through the home, along with a storm that frightened all the occupants of the room. Looking out the window to the artificial lake on the east side of the home, they saw the red glowing figure of a woman pointing her finger at the home no i would no longer want to be in there i would be safer in the storm i think especially after this because shortly after a tree was said to have crashed through the window and knocked over the candelabra which started the fire that destroyed the once beautiful estate in 1941 Since then, it's believed that her spirit can be seen every Christmas Eve in the form of a burning woman floating upon the water of the nearby lake. Honestly, like, go off, queen. Like, that's kind of badass. (laughs) It is. She, like, went full Beyonce before, like, Beyonce was a thing. She's like, listen, I'm going to turn this tragedy into a beautiful thing. And I really want to be more elemental feeling. (laughs) So going forward, I'm going to utilize fire and water. Let's try it Mm -hmm. out. She's just living her best, you know, ghostly life. Her best Mm -hmm. afterlife. Yeah. Yeah. For real. After party. What you get for not understanding death of ghosts, you know? (laughs) Serves you right. Spiritual sign language. People need to learn how to read. Yeah. Read spiritual signs. Right. She is also said to roam the grounds at night and even walk on water in the nearby lake. To this day, no one is sure who she is, what happened to her, and why she continues to haunt the grounds of Corraches. She probably signed it to Tennyson, but he was too stupid to know what she was saying. And she was only going to say it once. Yep. She was only going to say it once. And she said her piece. And so now she's just going to put on a show. She's like Prince. And now she's like, okay. Since you guys only respond to visuals, here you go. Mm -hmm. Joan Wynne Jones, who was previously known as Joan DeVere, Mm -hmm. or DeVere, wrote in a book published in 1983 that the house had a number of ghosts prior to the fire that destroyed it in 1941. She told of strange knockings on her bedroom door that she heard as a child while living in the home. 
There would also be times late at night when a noise like the sound of all of the fire irons and coal shuttles were being thrown down the stairs would fill the house. No. You know what? I bet the lady from the lake was like, you sons of bitch ghosts that are so loud and obnoxious and rude. I'm just going to let your house on fire. You're going to have to go spook somewhere else. Okay. I've got the lake. And I bet she catches herself on fire just to mock them every year. They're just like out in the open, cold, <laughs> no home. <laughs> and she's just like, you can't come into my swamp. <laughs> You're not welcome in my swamp, bitch. And then she just lights herself on fire like, oh, I can handle the heat. You can't. Sucks to be you. This is like the best ghost revenge ever, I think. Mm-hmm. Joan described one day sitting on a little hill near her home. When out of the blue, the forms of a small man and woman, who appeared quite old, appeared in front of her. Hmm. She described the man's dress as dark green with brass buttons. When she told the housekeeper's daughter what she'd seen, she was warned, quote, If you had seen what I saw there, you would never have gone near that place, end quote. Oh. Joan never found out what she meant by that statement. And when she says, like, a small man and woman, she meant dwarfism. Mm, Okay. Because, see, I was thinking with the green of, like, a military uniform. But I don't know if he would have been able to. I don't know if they would have taken them in active military duty. Or maybe they did. And But that wouldn't explain a, a, a woman either. Uh, maybe if, if she was his wife. I don't yeah, know. They were like saying goodbye and it was actually super sweet. And then the, the was keeper was just like super bitter. <laughs> or she's like prejudice. Right. <laughs> she's just super cool. against. <laughs> yeah. She was just, she's like, I'm ignorant. I hate that place. Don't go there. <laughs> On another occasion, she wrote, quote, I also heard most desolate moans and sobbings coming apparently from a blocked up doorway. No. Mm-mm. Yeah, don't live there anymore. You should get mm-hmm. married off and leave. Because I think that was like one of the only ways women could leave a home. <laughs> mm-hmm. This is when you're not trying to be a thorn back, you know, mm-hmm. as soon as you can. Let's wrap it up. Get married. Mm-hmm. They had visitors one time, a young boy and his mother, who stayed overnight at the house. The boy, who slept in a room by himself, the next morning told his mother that, quote, a strange little boy came to play with me last night. We played together, but he left in the morning, end quote. Mm -hmm. The boy described him as wearing strangely dated clothes. His mother warned him not to play with the child again if he should come back. You know, because they're going to be there for a week. (laughs) She's she's like, you know what? Let's play this out and see what happens. (laughs) We got nowhere else to be. The following day, her son said to her, quote, I told the other little boy what you said, and he looked very sad, but went away. End quote. No. Okay, that does make me sad. Because I bet he was just like so excited to have another kid to play with. Or he was that man trying to trick him. And he was like, dang, your mom knows what's good. She got me. Bye. She got me. <laughs> she I'm got- actually Rumpelstiltskin. She <laughs> right, got me. Actually Rumpelstiltskin. <laughs> <laughs> ah, shucks. Damn it. 
that's that's why the housekeeper was so prejudiced. She's like, it's Rumpelstiltskin. <laughs> and his wife. Get the hell out of there. Amazing. Oh, my God. Him and his brass buttons. That's how it is. Read it and weep. We figured out. We cracked the code. Yeah, we did. Mm-hmm. Years later, alterations were being done on the home, specifically the room where the young boy had stayed. Why did people do that? Under the floorboards, they discovered a coffin that held the skeleton of a child. Yeah. You know what? And the little boy also was like, hey, here are my bones. And Mm -hmm. the kid was probably like, you're so funny, Tim. And he's like, no, like, here are my bones. All these ghosts are just like, hey, can can you just take my bones somewhere else? And everyone's like, no, sorry. (laughs) Yeah. There is one super cool thing about this house and that's kind of like the last thing that i will like say about it today all that remains of the manor are the outer walls and the cellars of which are home to the lesser horseshoe bat population every year when they hibernate in fact it's the largest known site in county limerick for this protected species of bat making the area part of the EU Habitats Directive. Freaking bats. Incredible. They're like, okay, yep. so this place is awful. We need to burn it down. And they're like, whoa, 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 bats. They're like, you know what? You Don't. can't because the lesser horseshoe bat decided this is the place to be when they're hibernating and they're endangered. So we can't do that. You know what that means? Horseshoe bats are vampires. Totally. Mm-hmm. You know how they sold this house in 1957? Yeah. The home and the land, which includes a pet cemetery that is home to cats, dogs, and horses. Okay. That once belonged. I hate all of that. Yeah. That once belonged to the Hunt slash Devere family. Mm-hmm. It yeah. was purchased by the state's Irish Forestry Division. The whole area was established as a national forest park. Okay. And became a special area of conservation in the 1970s. Okay. I mean, like, kind of cool. But also, like, that's... That whole place is like Stephen King's wet dream. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, it's got everything. It's got vampires. Ghosts. Pet cemetery. (laughs) Spook. Burning women. (laughs) Burning women (laughs) in a lake. (laughs) In and on a lake. And she's read sometimes on Christmas. You know what Stephen King hates more than anything? Christmas. (laughs) Allegedly. Please don't sue us, Stephen King. (laughs) But it really does have it all. It really does have it all. It really has it all. He really should. I mean, the only thing that would make it better is if the bats, like, have, like, a secret celebration on Christmas Eve where they, like, come out. Where they release the lesser. <laughs> they come out for like 10 minutes. It's just a lower horseshoe. They come out as vampires. Do a festive yeah. dance. Yeah. They make actual horseshoes mm-hmm. in like formation in the night sky. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. For our last story, we're going to go to France because I love butchering the French language and embarrassing myself. Well, and honestly, too, like what has more bloodshed? France. In, a, in, a, in an area. <laughs> I mean, they ate freaking bone bread. Yeah. Okay? Like, they have tunnels full of spooked. bones. Yeah. Like, it's, yeah, it's a thing. Yeah. They really love bones there. Mm-hmm. Built in the 11th century, 
in the Loire Valley, Chateau de Brizac was has seen numerous brutal and grisly deaths in its thousand-year-long history. Sounds about right. Yeah, checks yep. out. Yep, yep. Chateau de Brizac is located near Angers and quite the building. The medieval structure was originally built by Pierre du Brise, who was minister of Louis XI. It boasts over right. 200 rooms, is remarkably preserved, and was originally built as a fortress by the Counts of Anjou. 200 rooms. 200 rooms. But like, there was a housing crisis <laughs> in Paris. Yep. I just want to know how many cool. of those 200 rooms okay, are bathrooms. Cool. You know, or like little, little like maid closets, like little for like housekeepers where they're just like, listen, this place is so huge. I need a broom and a mop and, you know, snacks <laughs> every like 300 feet. Yep. <laughs> if I don't get my protein, this house isn't going to get clean. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's just yeah. random closets where it's like a broom, a mop, and then like a rack of meat on the other side where you can like right. eat your jerky, get a little protein snack, and Cheese. Then go on your day. Yeah. 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 Yield keto, you know? Yep. You do what you got to do. Mm-hmm. The Chateau de Brizac was acquired on May 26th, 1502, by an Anjou nobleman named Rene Ducasse. His descendants, continue to own the property to this day gross 1502 1502 to now to now do you think they have like electronic house parties there i hope they have like like danse de france (laughs) bubble parties yes foam the foam parties yeah you know what ghosts love bubbles so one loves bubbles because they can't clean themselves and they didn't clean themselves then either you know they're like they're like what's this (laughs) there's bubbles everywhere would this have cured my syphilis who knows (laughs) they see other people getting syphilis like at the parties but like they get treated (laughs) they're like wait that guy left with crabs and now he came back and he doesn't have crabs what's happening he's like fine He just just took like a witchcraft tablet and now he's good? That's crazy. I died consumed by crabs. (laughs) Right. I had like no nose and like holes in my face. (laughs) It was insane. And this guy just put some cream on. Completely infested by crabs. (laughs) (laughs) They literally call me the crab lady of France. She's really salty about it. So salty. Like the sea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In mm-hmm. 1600, the first Duke of Brizac had the new and current palace constructed by Jacques Corbineau. The construction ceased after the death of the Duke, Charles II Ducasse, in 1621. With mm. the exception of the watchtowers, the castle was built in the Renaissance style and has since belonged to the Cos Brizac family with the 13th Duke of Brizac as its current inhabitant. So they're still like royalty, mm-hmm. kind of. Interesting choice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One of the most famous tales is that of Charlotte du Valois, 
who was the wife of Lord Jacques du Brésil in the 1400s. Okay. Charlotte was the illegitimate child of King Charles of France. Ooh. Jacques loved to go hunting. And after a day of such, he came home to have dinner with his wife before they both repaired mm-hmm. to their separate rooms. Yeah, you know, because can't sleep together even though they're married. Well, their marriage was a political one, and they did not love mm-hmm. one another. Got it. Because, you know, she's the illegitimate daughter, so it's... Yeah, she's not quite good enough. So, like, she's really, just okay. he's doing the King of France a favor by marrying her. Mm-hmm. Right, oh, right. Well, you know, yeah. I bet she felt super good about all of that. I'm sure she did. I sh- I'm sure she loved No her. resentment. Yeah. Later that evening, Jacques was woken by his servant, only to be told that his wife was entertaining a male caller. One of his hunting partners. Hell yeah. He totally shot him in the face, didn't he? Even though they didn't love each other, she was still his wife and he was pissed. Yeah. Like, that's mine. Yeah. That's my purse. I don't know you. That's my wife. I don't know. <laughs> that's my wife. Like I do know you. <laughs> yeah. Jacques grabbed his sword and brutally attacked both of them to the point that by the time they were dead, they both had sustained almost 100 wounds. Wow. You would think he would have been tired from the hunt. Maybe that food was like really... It was full of cocaine. I want to know what they ate for dinner. (laughs) It's full of cocaine. She was only 30 when she was murdered. Yeah. What you may not know until right now is that Charlotte was the half-sister of King Louis VI. So after her murder, the king stripped Jacques of all his titles and land, including Mm. the castle. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Mm. You know? It's said that Charlotte's spirit has never left the castle. She probably doesn't even know she's dead. That her traumatic death has forever tied her to it. She yeah. is said to wander the castle at night, and her specter appears on the walls of the castle wearing a green dress that is full of bloody gaping holes. Cute. Cute. Green is a choice. Yeah. Maybe, to, maybe like the green ghosts are like, Somebody was jealous or, like, envious of me mm-hmm. kind of a thing. Like, again, they just really want you to know sign language. They, do. they really want to show you where their bones are. Sorry, Willie just belched if you didn't. It's interesting they mentioned the sign language because her ghost is silent. But if you should encounter her in her former bedchamber where she was killed, you can expect to hear deathly moans and cries of anguish until the sun rises. Great. Yeah. So don't choose a room like 104. Yeah, just don't. 192. <laughs> there are plenty of other rooms. You know what? Just go into one of those protein pantries. I'm sure it's way more comfortable, you know? Or just go to the com- a completely different wing. It's fine. Or like, don't go there, you know? The phone party's over. It's time to go home. It's time to. You know, call a cab and get out of there. Pick yourself up. Yep. Yeah. Charlotte also has a habit of appearing regularly on stormy nights, and she typically haunts the chapel tower. Nice. You think they do that because of the electromagnetic fields? Like they just have like more ability to be seen? 
Maybe. You know? Maybe. It also, like, reflects their mood. <laughs> mm-hmm. She's like, this is me. This is me. This is who I am. According to Wesley McDermott, and I cannot remember where, I think he, I think he wrote a book about it. I don't remember what his relationship to this article is, but mm. she has scared several guests to the castle. And he says, quote, she is often seen in the tower room of the chapel wearing her green dress. What's most terrifying, yeah. however, is her face. If she looks at you, you'll see oh, no. that her face has gaping holes where her eyes and yeah. nose should be, resembling yeah. a corpse. As well as her sighting, her moans are also often heard throughout the castle in the early hours. End quote. You know, she kind of, she earned that. Mm-hmm. If she wants to go full on Beetlejuice... That's her right. Let her do it. Yeah. You know, she's like, you don't, you don't get to see the pretty me anymore. You know, this is me as I, you didn't, you, you didn't like it then. You can't have it now. Yep. All right. As a last fun fact in the mid 1990s, this chateau, oh my God, she, she was inspired zombie by the cranberries, <laughs> but the chateau was the setting of the Iron Chef French Battles of the original Iron Chef TV series. I Phenomenal. Incredible. I hope they I had all the chefs them. stay in her room. I really hope they did. Could you just imagine, like, Bobby Flay? Oh, my God. <laughs> and he does, Bobby like, Flay. beef tartare. It's like his, <laughs> like, some sort of, like, rare beef. <laughs> Shredded pork. Some, like, horrific uncooked meat after seeing her. And she was like, that's rude. She's like, you know what? We have protein pantries with better fare than what you just prepared, right. sir. You know what? Gross. Why don't you Bobby flay your way out of here? <laughs> yeah. Why don't you go back to America? Rude. And that's uh, some lingering ladies. I love them all. I love. 10 out of 10. Great job, they ladies. Each, they each are amazing in their own way. Mm-hmm. Hello, Spooklings. I'm Jason. And I'm Kathy. And we're the hosts of the weekly podcast, All Hallows Eve Podcast. We are a husband and wife duo with a passion for anything spooky, macabre, and true crime, sprinkled with our own twist of comedy. We explore topics such as the history of Halloween, the Butcher of Plainfield, Hocus Pocus 2, urban legends, superstitions, and more. So come join us as we go down the rabbit hole that is All Hallows Eve Podcast. Listen and follow us at allhallowsevepodcast.com or your favorite podcast provider. Stay spooky, my friends. If you're interested in ad-free content, consider supporting us with a one-time donation either over on Buy Me a Coffee or our Venmo page, both of which are in our link tree and in the show notes. If you'd like early ad-free content, not to mention some bonus material, become a member of our Patreon today for as low as a dollar a month. This week's podcast plug is All Hallows Eve podcast from the Darkcast Network, a podcast yes. for fans of Halloween, horror, and true crime. Each week, Jason and Kathy Harding share their love of the macabre and some laughs. New episodes are released every Monday, and we will have a nice. link to their show in the show notes. And we... 
don't have any listener questions. So what is something good you'd like to share? Hmm. I mean, some good things have happened. I don't know. I just, I've ha- I had some like really adorable interactions at my like side coffee job job that I've taken on being a barista again. I think one of the more flattering things that continues to happen is like everyone assumes I'm just some like 20 something, which is great because I'm definitely not anymore. And I actually get to learn more of like the the current lingo, which is also kind of fun to hear. I'm trying to think of like latest drama. I don't know. It's just their lives are so, I don't know, it's so nostalgic. And I know it's it's like, it's this is dark because I know that it's hard for them in the moment, but I remember having similar struggles at that age. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, oh my God, I get to be like the older lady that I used to work with mm-hmm. <laughs> that like makes you feel better about life. And I'm just so happy to be that person for them. So I don't know. It's just been kind of fun. And uh, I also had a lady and her daughter like really aggressively try to bully me into opening the do not open boxes for the Starbucks holiday stuff that's coming out in like a month. Nice. So that's a thing. People are really intense about like Starbucks stuff and like what's coming out. And, you know, they're like, you're not curious. And I was like, no. (laughs) They're like, you don't want to know what the tumblers look like. And I was like, no. Like I got cups at home. Yeah. I'm good. We don't I I don't need I'm sure it'll be adorable. Like whatever it is, I'm sure it's gonna be so cute and you'll want it. Mm-hmm. But like, no, I'm not gonna go open that box for you, ma'am. I'm so sorry. <laughs> you can go Google you it. Have to wait. Or you can harass some other poor Starbucks employee somewhere else. Yeah, I'm I'm sure plenty of other stores have already done it and taken pictures and put it on the internet but we're not one of those stores. And also he like put it like really high up. So like, there's no way I would ever be able to access it anyway, even if I wanted to. So you should have just been like, look at how tiny I am. Look at how terrible I am. (laughs) My fingers don't even reach. I'm just a little baby. I'm just a little baby that can't reach above the fridge. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's like, I, I would say, even though my interactions are like kind of tiring, closing, you know, food service and stuff it's always a lot more work than you think but I like it I like the interactions I like the people that I'm meeting that I'm serving and mm-hmm. it's just a fun little job nice yeah how about you so I'm still looking for a job but in mm-hmm. the interim I signed up to finish out October working at Pinehaven with my oldest so fun so you get to like be outside and do fall activities Mm -hmm. so i will be working different attractions yeah it'll be interesting that sounds super fun Mm -hmm. i bet you that's going to be your something good as soon as you start doing it too (laughs) yeah i'm like is this is this what it feels like when people like like their jobs (laughs) is this what natural vitamin d feels like is this pill form (laughs) contentment yeah so my first official day will be the day after this comes out 
So I won't nice. actually start until Thursday. So you can tell us all about it next episode. Yep. I'm excited to hear about it next week. Yeah. Anyway, that's me. So shall we? We shall. Looking for more content? You can find us online at yieldcrimepodcast.com. If you'd like to see pictures from this week's episode, not to mention bonus content and funny memes, make sure to follow us on Twitter at yieldcrimepod and on Facebook and Instagram at yieldcrimepodcast. On TikTok? Of course you are. Follow us at Yield Crime Podcast. All right. A great way to support the show if you want to help out, but you can't do so financially, is to leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, Good Pods, Podcast Addict, and or Audible. If you want a playlist of all our episodes on YouTube, click the link in our show notes or in our link tree and subscribe today for not only a list of our full catalog, but a separate list as well, just of our Can You Crack the Cramp Word segments. And on that note, as always, I'm Lindsay. And I'm Madison. And we'll see you next time with another tale. As old as crime.